Hey, welcome to night school. Doing a little studio. Studio. Forces me to keep them a little shorter too, because once we get into four hours in a night, I just need to start live streaming. And the thing that I wish I had is I wish that I could just talk into my phone and it would automatically live stream somewhere. That must exist. If that doesn't exist, somebody really dropped the ball on an obvious an obvious technology that's just an obvious technology so we call it an obvious technology but uh, I was thinking a little bit tonight about online dating I did an episode about that a little while back where I talked about how both men and women when they compare notes about online dating or whatever you call it now just modern dating I think it's transcended just being something that people do at a computer they do it on their little mini computers they call a phone, but it, I think it's kind of transcended that, and you would just call it modern dating now. But I was talking about modern dating and how when men and women compare notes, both of them say how much it sucks. Nobody seems to like it. Everybody seems to be suffering a little bit when they use it. And it's common for, like, let's say like a guy is complaining. I mean, there's a common sentiment among men that, Online dating is very difficult. There's a very small minority of men who have a good experience with dating apps, dating apps. And who knows if it's even good, but what I mean is just successful. For a lot of guys, it's just a massive struggle. Virtually all of my friends have struggled with it. It was a struggle for me. And some of my friends too are people where like, I know that there are women who would be more than happy with them. There are attractive women who would be smart women who would be more than happy with some of these people I know. But just when they have to channel themselves through online dating and not just represent themselves in a way that will work to their benefit, but also deal with being like just one guy in a sea of men who these women are just having to vet and analyze and you know, so that's, it's very, that's a common complaint among men. And it's a real problem. Online dating is not going to boost your morale in any way. It's going to bring it down. During the brief time I was on Tendril, I remember like you would occasionally match with a woman, an attractive woman, and then she was a bot or she was trying to sell something to you, which if that's the only woman you match with in a long time, I mean, you're, you're in a desert. Men on online dating sites, men using dating apps, they're in a desert. And just one match, one message, just any contact with a single woman in a week is like finding a lush oasis. And so you find that oasis and then it's a bot. It's a mirage. It's a desert mirage. And so that's common for a lot of men. And so a lot of men think like, well, I can't really be picky. I've mentioned on here that friend of mine who would swipe right on every single woman, not because he was a pervert trying to sleep with all them or talk to all them, but just as a matter of probability, like he needed some kind of dopamine hit. And so he figured like if he can match with as many women as possible, that ups his chances of getting a date. It's a numbers game. But that's exactly what it is for men. Like whether it's a guy who has an easy time on an online dating site or whether it's the majority of men who struggle in either case it's more of a quantity thing 
like a guy who realizes that he can game tendril he'll take advantage of that by seeing a lot of different women there was a story that was making its rounds a few weeks ago about a guy in new york and not some dashing alpha male but just kind of like an artsy successful guy kind of a hip guy and it turned out that he was seeing all these different women throughout New York. And because of the size of New York, he was able to see all these different women at the same time. A very unassuming guy, too. But he was able to, I guess, represent himself really well. He has something going for him that women like, or he knows how to attract them. But like that guy's, that guy's beyond exceptional. And the majority of guys get very little attention. But it's for a guy like that who's successful at Tinder... It's a numbers game for him because he's like, oh, I'm successful at this. I can just meet as many women as possible. And then it's a numbers game for the, the other guys, too, because they're just trying to find one number. One. Most guys on online dating sites are like, I just hope I can get a single date with somebody that I don't find totally ugly and repellent. But men will settle. Men don't have the privilege of assessing quality in modern dating. They basically have to go for a woman who is equal to them or lower on the attraction scale. Whereas women look for men who are equal to them or greater on the attraction scale. But even finding a woman who's equal or lower in attraction than you is extremely difficult. And I hate all these, I hate this way of talking about it, but I think that this is really one of the only ways you can get your point across. So what men and women are experiencing, the struggle that they're experiencing on online dating, for men, it's an issue of quality, or sorry, for men, it's an issue of quantity, where they're just looking to meet one girl this month, or this year, or even if they're successful, they're like, well, now I can meet a whole bunch of women, they're more concerned with quantity, women, without fail, are looking at quality, they have a lot of different suitors. And somebody could always point out that there's some poor woman out there who gets zero attention. Well, the average woman gets significantly more attention than the average guy. So even if there are women who are having a very, very difficult time meeting anyone, well, that sucks, but they're one of the few. But with, with uh, women, they have a lot of suitors. And I know this, people have written articles about this kind of stuff, there have been guys, I remember back in the OkCupid days, some guy wrote an article where he went undercover and created an account for a woman who was basically roughly equivalent to him. Like she was basically this, like a rough equivalent in terms of attraction and like what she had going for her, the way she presented herself. And he was just blown away by the amount of contact he got, by the amount of page views it was just, he couldn't believe it. It was just a, a constant stream all day, every day. Whereas like with his profile, it was like, he's lucky if one person a day looks at his profile, let alone has any interest. So people have been aware of this for a long time, but because women have a lot of suitors, it doesn't mean that they're, it doesn't mean it's easy for them. I think that's important to remember because I'm bringing this all, all this up as neutrally as possible. I just want to talk about what's happening. I'm not saying any of this is good or bad. I might give some opinions later, but I just want to lay the, out that this is how it is. And somebody who says this isn't how it is has a very clear agenda. 
This is just how it is. And this lends itself toward some shitty views. This, this lends itself toward some men being very bitter and developing a very unhealthy misogyny. But that doesn't change the fact that like they're responding in the wrong way. They're frustrated and angry, and they're responding in a very resentful, nasty way. But it doesn't mean that they're not responding to a real phenomenon, which is that women have a lot more suitors. The average girl on an, on, in a modern dating site has a lot more suitors. And because she has all these suitors, what she's going to spend most of her time doing is vetting them, seeing what they're all about. She can decide, like, oh, I, I'm more attracted to this guy. Oh, but this guy's into this, and he's, he said this. They're probably all trying to make jokes, because that's one of the ways that men always try to woo women, is they try to be clever. They show that they're funny. And so on any given day, a girl on a dating site is getting many different matches and messages from men who are trying to be as clever as possible. And she can decide which one she likes more. And she might not even know. What we've learned from all this is that that causes women a lot of stress. Women are extremely stressed out by online dating. Like even if they're getting attention, when it comes to actually trying to narrow someone down, finding the right person, it causes them a lot of stress. And it's not uncommon now to hear that women kind of use their friends as a measuring stick, like they'll kind of consult with the, the girl council when trying to find a guy, which is interesting. It's another example of recreating something that already existed in a different form, but it's still serving the same purpose, which is, you know, not just arranged marriages, but even just the way that suitors used to show up at a girl's house and the family would evaluate him. The man would spend some time with the family. He might not even get alone time with the woman, or if he did, it was heavily monitored. But a big part of it was making an impression on the, the friends. And they would kind of look at him, see what he was all about, see if their intuition told them anything. And then they would let the friend or the, the daughter know that like, okay, we approve of him. Or they might, they might even find a guy for her. Hey, we think this guy would be a good match for you. Because the reality is, it's very stressful to make that decision on your own. And I think a lot of people wouldn't mind having that decision made for them or heavily influenced. And something that I've, I've noticed with women that I've been friends with is they respond much more heavily to like romantic suggestions from their friends, sometimes their family, but they've kind of taken the role of the family and they now use kind of their, their girl counsel. But if a friend tries to set them up with another friend, like if a, a friend of a, of a woman is like, oh, you know, I have this, this, this guy I know, you know, I want to set you up with him. I think they tend to be a little more receptive to that because it come, the guy comes with some level of approval. Because like friends have tried to set me up with girls before. And while I've appreciated it, there's also been a part of me that feels uh, emasculated by it, where I'm like, Oh, you, you think I can't find someone on my own or like that I, that I have to, a part of me, like I, I always kind of like the idea of like meeting a girl, like completely separate from the group of people I knew or somebody who didn't know my friends. I don't know what it is about that. It's almost like 
I don't know, it's almost adventurous or something where it's like, I, I don't want just somebody to be like, oh, we think. And the thing is, too, the people who do that, the people who try to like set you up with someone, it's it's very similar to when people are like, when they just want to set up a friendship for you. Like, I've had that happen where friends will be like, oh, dude, you got to meet my friend Ronnie. Dude, you guys are, you guys are going to be best friends. Like, you guys are both into this and this. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe we have something in common. But it's like two similar people just as well might hate each other and be rivals than be best friends. You know, it goes one way or the other. But I always felt like when people say that, when they're like, oh, dude, you got to meet my friend Ronnie, dude. He, you, guys got, you guys are exactly the same. You're so similar. You're going to be best friends. It's like... I kind of resent it in a weird way. I know they mean well, but a part of me is like, I'm probably not going to like this person. Probably not going to be friends. Maybe that's just the cynic in me, but still, I always feel that way. And I also feel like you probably don't know me how I know me. I know you don't know me how I know me, but it's like the things that you think are compatible with this other person are probably things that aren't the real me or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's probably just like, you're probably misinterpreting me or something, but I don't even know that I followed through on that in romantic situations where somebody's tried to set me up with a girl. Like I don't even, I'd have to think and and try to remember any time where somebody's actually just set me up with somebody and I followed through. I've turned it down or just never, never done it. Cause I'm just like, eh, something about like a friend finding someone for me just doesn't sit well with me, but it's a really nice gesture. And I think women feel better about that because since they are, and and this isn't just modern online dating, women also vet in person. Like, it's not that this only exists in the digital realm. The reason this exists in the digital realm is because it's like a hyper-focused version of what goes on to begin with in the flesh, which is that men are generally just trying to meet somebody. And if she's pretty and cool, that's awesome. But they're also just trying to meet somebody. They're trying to get some kind of validation. Whereas a woman at a party or something, like, she has the liberty to evaluate who is there. If she's interested in getting together with a man, even just for the night, she can look around and evaluate them. Who's the funniest? Mirror, mirror on the wall. You know, whatever. I guess that's about... That's different. (laughs) But uh, mirror, mirror on the wall. Just say that about everything. Totally out of context. But uh, she can she can decide like she can and and you know what and at a party the way this plays out is that men at a party too will be competing for her attention. They'll kind of gravitate toward where she's sta- like even if they're not engaging her in conversation, they'll kind of stand in the same part of the house. If she's hanging out with a group of people in the kitchen, they'll go in the kitchen, and they'll they'll try to find ways to say things to her and interact with her. And one of the main ways they do that is by being funny or if they're young and drunk, they'll do stupid shit. Like anytime you see those videos of like a, a co-ed party where guys are like jumping through tables and like doing dangerous shit, it's because there's a girl there. You know, they'll do guys will do that shit on their own, too. But you can tell they're not going to do that at the party in the room where the you know, they're going to do it at the party in a room where there's girls watching. Like, they're going to make damn sure. It's not that guys don't do stupid shit on their own. Of course they do. But at that party, when they're doing that stupid shit and trying to be funny and goofy and daring, they're going to make sure that the girls are in the audience for that. And in men's twisted minds, like, they think that that's a way of, like, proving yourself. Like, oh, dude, like, 
If I do this stupid shit, if I light my hair on fire, she's going to like me. If I light my hair on fire, she's going to like me. You know, guys think that way. They're insane. But, uh, you know, at that party, though, she's going to, you know, and, and all women are different. I'm not saying they all respond to the same thing. But at that party, like, she's going to be evaluating, like, if she's interested in, in getting together with a guy or just meeting a guy and giving a guy f- her phone number that night, like, she's going to be evaluating the quality. Whereas, like, the guy who's there, unless he's Adonis, you know, unless he's, super, he's, he's you know, the king of the pack, chances are he's just going to be thinking, I hope any girl who isn't really ugly is going to give me her number tonight. You know, it's just, that's just the difference. It's quantity versus quality. But the reason I'm talking about all this is um, I came across this, this list last night, and I guess it's authentic. I guess this is, this is allegedly real, but it's a list that a girl compiled for red flags and men. She came up with, with a, a long list of what she considers red flags and men. Red flags. It's really interesting how the bar for something qualifying as a red flag has been low. Actually, before I get into this, I'm going to cut myself off and say, I want to say one last thing about the quantity and quality thing, like a neutral statement, because all that stuff makes men resent women. And they shouldn't necessarily. They can resent what it's I mean, it's, it's, it's like the, the things that men should be resenting in that situation are the circumstances we're in. They shouldn't be mad at women because they have more men to choose from and have the privilege of assessing quality. Because if a woman chooses wrong, that guy could kill her or beat her. The stakes are much higher. So if anybody, sh- if, if, if men or women should be in a position to assess quality over quantity, it should be the women who are in a position to assess quality. That's not me being a white knight. That's simply, that, that's just simply how it works. Like women are the ones who have to be concerned about their well-being, their physical well-being. We know what men are capable of. Men are, are the violent of the two sexes, far more violent. You know, there's, there's the dark side of men. Well, the dark side of women is something terrible too. The dark side of men is far more immediate and savage. So I think it's good that women are the ones having to decide, like, not just which of these guys do I like the most, but which of these guys is less likely to be a psycho. And I think they defer to friends. And traditionally, that was the role of family, like not just arranged marriages, which I think a lot of people would go for today. But uh, not just arranged marriages, but even just like setting like suitors showing up and being assessed by the family. I think women are realizing that's very difficult to do on your own. And you do need some sort of support system to guide you in that to evaluate people for you. Uh, I don't know that it's necessarily a good thing that young women are relying solely on other young women for this, because I don't think young women know what they're looking for. But I think that that impulse is is something that will just keep coming out of these situations over and over again. You can get rid of the family. The family is no longer evaluating suitors. The family is no longer arranging for a girl to marry a family friend. Because we, we think about the obvious negative sides. Like, it's almost like abortion or something where it's like, well, if you outlaw abortion, a 12-year-old girl who gets raped by her uncle won't be able to get an abortion. And I think most people can say, yeah, like something needs to happen in that situation. That girl should not be forced to carry that baby. That's just a 
there should be something that, you know, something we can do, right? It's kind of like that with arranged marriage, where like, you can look at the worst possible scenario in arranged marriage, like what we've seen in some of the fundamentalist Mormon cults, where it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to have 12 year old girls marry a 60 year old man who's already married to 20 women. And this like 12 year old girl is going to have to be She's going to have to have sex with this old man who she was forced into marriage with. That's obviously the worst side. The other side of it is that like, oh, you're forced into a relationship with somebody you don't love. But the idea behind marriage back then wasn't just love. Like love was a luxury. And in the days when arranged marriage was normal, it was a business proposition. You know, there's a reason why royalty did it that way. The most luxurious people still used arranged marriage because it was a political alliance it was about more than just these two people. It was them basically being administrators of something much larger. But even for like peasants and people, if they arranged marriage and that type of thing, they knew the family. They were in each other's network. And so it was more than just, oh, we think this is a decent guy. It's like, we think he comes from the right family for you. We think that basically this is the smart way to go about it which goes against the idea of love and passion and all that. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who found people on their own without that system who would say their relationships are just as passionless and look at the divorce rate. People aren't good at finding people on their own either. (laughs) You know, that's the funny thing. It's like we let people find someone on their own and we gave them the option of saying, I made a mistake, let me get a divorce. Well, it turns out people make a lot of mistakes. They don't really know what they want just kind of funny just kind of funny that that's how it worked out like giving people the option doesn't seem to have helped that much like it's a good thing that we've eliminated 12 year old girls getting married to 65 year old cult leaders but uh you know just in terms of normal people it's like normal people don't know what they want any more than anybody else and i think in the age of of online modern dating i think there's a lot of people out there who would say set me up with somebody I just want my parents to find like a nice girl from a respectable family and hopefully they're smart enough to not set me up with a total ugly chick. <laughs> Hope she's not ugly. Basically, that's what your standards become because that's the standards that guys have online. Like that's the standards that a lot of guys have on their own going through life. It's just like, I hope I meet some girl and we can just get along a little bit and she's not ugly. Well, it's the same thing that you'd hope for in an arranged marriage. I hope they set me up with somebody who I can just get along with and she's not ugly. But there's more infrastructure to the arranged marriage. And I think there's a lot of people, not just men, but I think there's a lot of women now because we're seeing that women are starting to defer to their peer group for assistance in this stuff. So it's like, I think people crave a deeper infrastructure to romance that comes from the network of people you know, the community, family compatibility. I mean, you think about when when families hate each other. Like one of the nice things about an arranged marriage is that the families probably like each other already. They have an established relationship. So you don't have to worry about your in-laws hating your parents or like any, any issues like that if it's arranged in theory. And it seems like we recreate similar systems when we're faced with the chaos of just managing it all individually. 
because it is hell. You know, as, as exciting as it can be to date, I haven't dated for years. I haven't been involved in anybody with anybody in years. And it's, I have so much less stress in my life. You know, and I, and I wasn't even somebody who was constantly seeking women, but just, just the fact that I was still in that world, it, it was just, I found it very, it, it caused me more grief than just being alone. And sure enough, when you make the decision, and I wouldn't even say it's a full decision, but when you just end up being comfortable being alone for long periods, not dating, not being involved with anybody, you find that people are attracted to you. Because it's, it it's, it's a cliche, but it's like you don't smell desperate. You don't seem desperate. You're comfortable doing whatever you're going to do. You're not going to change your plans. You're not going to break your stride for anybody. Women see that and they're like, this guy has something going on for himself. This guy's not catering to me. He's not, he's not going out of his way to be clever just to impress me. He's not fighting with the other suitors for my attention. Women respond to that. And what's funny is that's what guys try to do, but in a fake way. They try, they, it's like pickup artist stuff. Oh, just ignore her. Just act like you don't care. No, the real thing to do, if you really want to attract women, don't ignore them. Just engage them like a, like a human being naturally. And yeah, if you're trying to impress a girl, you know, be, be funny, be clever, look your best, have something going for you. But it's like you don't have to do a whole lot other than that. You basically just don't have to do something really repellent and stupid, which is the main thing a lot of guys do. It's not that guys try their best and fail. It's that a lot of guys do really stupid shit. They, they make really bad, embarrassing decisions. They say things that if their friends saw them say it, they would just say, what are you thinking? How is it that you're going after a woman? Because everything you said to her is, it seems gay. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's the sort of stuff that you, you see. Like, who are you? What are you trying to do? It's, it's just men sabotage themselves without even knowing it. So anyway, I think it's good that women are the ones who have to assess quality. It's just clear that a lone woman by herself is overwhelmed with that. She's overwhelmed and therefore seeks some kind of infrastructure to help her in the process. We've destroyed the previous infrastructure, but I see signs that, oh, we're going to recreate something like that. But I think just just deferring to your friends, like just having your, your peers evaluate romantic partners isn't necessarily enough. I think it does have to involve like family and community and a wider network. But anyway, finally getting to what I was going to talk about, what prompted me thinking about all this again was last night I saw this allegedly real list that a woman made for dating, and it's, it's her list of red flags in men. And what I was going to say before I cut myself off was red flag is one of those words that it's expanded in definition. So many things are considered red flags now that because I hear red flag and the way I always understood that is this is a sign of something very dark and deep that you don't want anything to do with. Like a, red, a good example of a red flag, like if I was a woman 
trying to tell another woman about a red flag to watch for, I would say, if he asks you, who are you texting every time you send a message to somebody? If it seems like he's trying to look at your phone, you know, that's a red flag. That means he's very jealous and possessive and potentially dangerous and scary. That's a red flag. Like a red flag to me is something that indicates something far deeper and more pathological. It's not just something you don't like because that's what it's become. And this list will show you that a red flag. Now, the way people use that is like, this is just stuff I don't like. This is stuff I'm not attracted to. So the, the definition of red flag is expanded, which shouldn't be a surprise. Like the definition of violence has expanded to include things that aren't violent in any way whatsoever. Being a victim has expanded to include things that aren't even victimizing. So it should be no surprise that red flag has gotten the same treatment. I just didn't really notice it until now. But now that I think about it, oh yeah, I have noticed people using the term red flag very generally and liberally, basically just to mean something they don't like, which that's not a red flag. <laughs> you know, A red flag isn't just your preferences, things you don't prefer. A red flag is something that suggests, stop, this person is potentially dangerous, abusive, sick. So here's this girl's list of red flags in men. One, they like or prefer short girls. Red flag. <laughs> Two, says, quote unquote, the boys or my boys. Minus another point if they have a group chat called the boys or they just call it that. See that one, I'm going to comment on that one. I'm going I'm to editorialize here, but I'll make it clear when I'm editorializing. The boys, like, I don't like it when guys say that shit either. Oh, my, I'm hanging out with the boys this weekend. I'm, hang, I'm hanging out with my boys. I don't like that terminology because, like, to me, that makes me think of, like, I don't know, like, dudes trying to talk, like, hip-hop. Like, it's just, I don't know. I just, the sort of guy who says, like, the boys. It's just not, it's not the, not the kind of guy I want to hang out with. But there's nothing deeply wrong with that. Like, basically what she's saying is, like, she doesn't like the idea of this guy having fellowship with his fellow bros. She doesn't like seeing close companionship between men, because that's all that is. Like, a group of guys who are like, oh, hanging, hanging out with the boys in a group chat called The Boys. Like, she, she pointed out, like, if he has a group chat with his friends, basically, or called The Boys, it's a problem. But it's like... That's something that people have been trying to do. They, you know, our culture really doesn't like men, groups of men to have time to themselves. Even though throughout history, men always had these fraternal clubs, these social clubs. They were a big part of society all over the world. A place where men could go, a clubhouse, an organization. And we just, we don't really have those anymore. I guess colleges have fraternities, but we really don't have those. So this girl making the list, like she seems, she sees so far, they like, prefer short girls. That's a red flag. He says the boys or my boys. And it's even worse if he has a group chat called the boys. Next one, he shits on women for no reason or finds invalid reasons to shit on women. 
examples given. I hate when girls do this. I hate girls that that one, you know, that one's tricky because I mean, there are men who just straight up shit on women who hate women. But I think part of the fun of being men and women means kind of pointing out the shortcomings of the other. It's the basis for all sorts of comedy throughout history. It's how people flirt. Men and women always have always had that need from the time they're little kids, like little kids flirt that way, but adults do it too. And I think maturity means knowing the difference. I think being a mature human being means you're capable of recognizing the difference between a man who kind of gives women shit or criticizes them, but it's, it's either in fun or it's constructive and they're open to receiving that back. You know, there's a difference between that and a guy who truly does just hate women. And so that, that one, you know, I, I get it. If, 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 if she's meeting a guy who just goes out of his way to shit on women. But the, the, the difficult thing with that one, why that one is tricky, is that where our culture is at right now is that any criticism of women is seen as misogyny. Any criticism. Whether or not it concerns somebody's femininity or womanhood or not, just any criticism now warrants this sort of victim response. Like, I know somebody who didn't get a promotion at work and swears it was because she's a woman. I love this person, and I maybe, maybe they have better evidence than was explained to me, but I, I just don't believe that that's what happened. This person works at a very liberal place. Everybody's very liberal and progressive, and they have women in leadership positions. So I don't, I just don't, I don't think that happened. I don't think that they specifically gave the promotion to somebody else because they were a man. I just, you know, I, I would never say that to this person and I would hope they wouldn't hear this and think it's them, but it's just, I can't honestly nod my head to that. But if I were to say, I don't, is that really true? That might be seen as misogynistic. Oh, so you don't believe that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go into that. I'm going to move on. But it's just difficult in a, in a time where like any sort of even joking criticism or light criticism of women can get a very severe response and, and be framed as like a symptom of like deep misogyny. You know, it's just it's a difficult one because I think men and women have to joke around with each other. We're different. And I think we have to kind of play on that. And I expect a woman to joke around with me. I expect a woman to criticize me and I welcome it. I welcome that perspective. But so this one, it's like, yeah, if a guy shits on women for no reason or finds invalid reasons to shit on women, I understand how that could be a red flag, but also be, be mature enough to know the difference between sort of a necessary communication that takes place between men and women and somebody who has like a real pathological hatred for them. Next one, this is a, the next red flag is thinks sex work is gross, thinks doing sex work, AKA selling content is cheating. That's not a red flag. I wouldn't want my girlfriend or wife to be doing that. I wouldn't want my girlfriend or wife to be doing sex work or as, as this says, selling content. I just wouldn't want that. If that's a red flag, fine. It's a beautiful red flag. 
Not that I judge women for doing that. I don't judge women for, you know, using their bodies for a living. I've had friends who are strippers. I've known a number of women. I've known women who have done like cam girl work before and uh, a couple of different women I know worked for a phone sex hotline and they didn't even know they were friends and they didn't even know that they had both worked for it until later. But I don't judge them for that or hold that against them at all. But I wouldn't want my girlfriend or wife. And it's not even about cheating. It plays into that, but it's, uh, it's unacceptable to me that they would be doing that. Uh, so that's an interesting one. That's the first one on the list where there's a a clear political slant, like the phrase sex work, the idea that it's a red flag for a man to be uncomfortable with his girlfriend being either a hooker or a cam girl or an OnlyFans girl. You know, the idea that that's a red flag shows that's the first one that goes, they wouldn't have said that five years ago. The same girl would not have put that on the list five years ago. That is a development now within the last few years that you would think that a man has something wrong with him because he doesn't want his wife or girlfriend selling her body. That's ancient. You know, that's an ancient response. It's a deep response. It's not a red flag. Yeah, if he, if he hates prostitutes or he, you know, judges a woman or tries to put a scarlet letter on her breast for, because she did that kind of work, that's a problem too. But what we're talking about here is just a guy having a problem with quote-unquote sex work is a red flag. Well, wow. Here's another one. Where's camouflage unironically? How do you know what's ironic and what's not? But what's funny about that is... It's not a red flag to her to wear camouflage ironically. She specifies wearing camouflage unironically. So a guy who wears camouflage sincerely, it's a red flag. A guy who wears it ironically, it might be okay. How do you know? How do you know? Do you have a, does she have a good irony meter? Does she have a good irony sensor? The next one is gym rat. Being a gym rat is a red flag. I understand there's people who are addicted to the gym and, you know, there's, there's terrible people who are all into the gym culture. There's a reason why I don't have a gym membership and I work out at home. It's not that. I mean, I, I like just I, the real reason is I just like working at, I like working out at home, but I also don't really want to deal with gym people. But the idea that that would be a red flag, the idea that a guy who works out a lot it's a red flag. A red flag for what? Well, so far we're seeing the political slant take over. Like people have, a, like like women and just liberals in general, this is obviously a liberal list, have this idea, and I've seen people I know express this, that wanting to be in shape and wanting to be fit is sort of a... Um, it's a, it's a toxic behavior. And they, like, they, they seem to think that wanting to be in good shape, like we just, like we just do it. We just get in good shape because we want, we want to make fat people feel bad. 
That's kind of the idea that's developed. Oh, the only reason we get in shape is because we want to make fat people feel bad. That's the only reason. So she sees a gym rat as a red flag and, you know, it's just a guy who likes to be healthy, cares too much about their car, a quote-unquote car guy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not into that either for my friends. Like, I don't hang out with guys who are too into their cars. They're not my type of people. I don't think there's anything wrong with them, though. Like, yeah, if they drive really dangerously, if they're really reckless, that's a problem. But not every car guy is like that. There are some car guys, it's like gun guys. Like there are some gun guys who are really serious about guns, but they are very safe with them. And there are some gun guys who are psychos, like wave their guns around with the safety off in a, in, inside of a room with people in it. There's car guys who drive like maniacs who think they're in the fast and the furious. And there's car guys who, yeah, maybe they like to drive around and cruise and that kind of thing, but they're not psychos. But, uh, it's just a basic preference again. Like that's not a red flag. A guy who cares too much about his car isn't a red flag. It's just somebody who's into things that are different from you. This is a good one. Doesn't know how to take a good pic or selfie. That's an interesting one. I don't even know what to say in response to that one. It's a red flag. Keep in mind, this is a list of red flags. What does that mean? Like what would that red flag signal? Like a guy who doesn't need to take a good picture or selfie. And I've actually known women. I've had conversations with women where they like that. Like I remember a couple being at the bar with a couple women and they were talking about how like some guy she was seeing barely has any photos of himself online and they're just like shitty. But she was all about it. Like she was saying, like, she's like, I like it because it means he's not like on social media all the time and he's not super narcissistic. And so it's like this girl is saying the opposite. So this is obviously, I mean, once again, though, this is just one girl's preferences. It's just that she's framing it as this like list of helpful red flags. Doesn't know how to take a good pic or selfie as a red flag. Wants to just cuddle and watch a movie the first time you hang. Newsflash, they want to fuck. So probably true. I mean, I've never been, I've never asked a girl to just hang out and watch a movie the first time we've gone out. Like we've met somewhere else and maybe like gone back and watched something. Yeah, that happens, but I've never set it up that way. Be like, hey, you want to come over? We've never gone out, but do you want to come over and watch a movie and cuddle? I've I've never like laid out cuddling as a proposition either. Hey, do you want to come over and cuddle? Never laid that out. Like if that's going to happen, cuddling is just going to happen, right? It's just going to happen naturally if it's going to happen. Uh, that makes sense, though. I mean, like, a, that seems like a valid, whether or not it's a, it's a severe red flag or not, it doesn't mean the guy's a rapist. So whether it qualifies as a red flag, I understand why a woman would be put off by that. I mean, I would be put off by a woman saying that to me, actually. Like, like I wouldn't, if, if a girl, like, who I had never gone out with messaged me and said, like, hey, do you want to come over and cuddle and watch a movie? I'd be like, can we meet up somewhere else first? Can we go for a walk? Can we go for a walk? I just, I, I don't like that idea. The next one is, uh, pick me. I don't, I don't know if I understand this. It says, pick me. 
And then in parentheses, it says, saying sorry for no reason. Example, oh, NVM, sorry. I guess, oh, never mind, sorry. Or just using the sad emoji in general. I think that's actually one of the more intelligent ones on the list so far. I like, I really like that one. Again, I don't know if it qualifies as like a full-on red flag. I think the use of red flag is a little much. But I think this is a good one. A guy who says sorry for no reason says, oh, never mind, sorry, and then does a sad face or just uses the sad face. Yeah, I think that's, that is a character flaw. That is a character flaw. I would never do that. I would be ashamed of myself if I apologized excessively. I think we have a tendency to do that because we're trying to be agreeable. But it goes back to apologizing in general. You know, I was talking about how people are forced to do these public apologies these days, and nobody accepts the apology. It just makes the person look bad. It, makes, it just makes people lose respect for them. I think women probably lose respect for a man when he apologizes just out of nowhere, and they don't believe it. I think that's a good one. I think, I think somebody who is way too quick to apologize in conversation for silly things, if they're not Canadian, I'm not going to say it's a red flag, but I'm going to say it's a, definitely some, a character flaw. The next one. If they say they're a nice guy, sure. You know, I, I think that's a red flag. Absolutely. I think, I think that's another good one. I think it's a good basic one. And I know that women have been dealing with that one for a very long time. As long as I've been friends with women going back to being a teenager, they've always had issues with the guys who are like self-professed nice guys to the point where that became a phrase. Like that became a catchphrase a few years ago, about 10 years ago, where nice guys, it referred to a type of guy who's really nice at first and like makes it a point to show how nice he is. And then when he realizes that the girl isn't responding the way he wants her to, he snaps at her really quickly because he's not being nice. He's being manipulative. And who, who can tell you like what person in any setting, like if you're meeting a friend, like I think it's important sometimes to look at dating and imagine if it was just a platonic friendship with a guy. And like, if another guy shook your hand at a party and was like, I'm a nice guy, I'm a pretty nice guy. I'd say, who the fuck you, who the fuck you? Who the fuck are you? You know, who the fuck are you to call yourself a nice guy? I'll make, you know, your, your peers will make that decision. They'll decide if you're a nice guy. So I think doing that in a dating context, like trying to communicate to a girl that you're a nice guy, I think that's a red flag. I think that deserves to be on here. Uses this, the, the crying, laughing emoji unironically. So she's saying it's a red flag if a guy uses the, the emoji that's crying from laughter unironically. I don't like people to use that either. I, I don't judge them for it, but you know, I'm seeing a pattern here where like the woman, she doesn't like guys who use the sad emoji or the crying laughing emoji. I think women don't really like men to use emojis, at least men that they're attracted to. I think that women uh, don't, I don't think they find it attractive. Emojis are very feminine. Emojis are very, very feminine. And uh, they're also lies, you know, they're also lies. Emojis are lies. You know, usually the person isn't laughing. Usually they're not sad. 
they're just like simulating an emotion in this digital conversation. And I don't think women find it attractive. I don't, I don't think it's how men should conduct themselves. Like there's a couple friends, like there's a female friend I have. We're just good friends. And like, I'll, I'll use these like dog emojis. Cause you know, we're into dogs, but it's different. You know, that's not somebody who it's a platonic friendship. And when it comes to girls that I'm flirting with or attracted to, I've never sent emojis. And I think that it's not just that this girl doesn't like these specific emojis, which interestingly are ones I don't like either. When I see somebody making the sad face or when I see somebody doing the crying, laughing one, I don't like it either. More than other ones too. Those two specific ones. Maybe this girl and I should get together. Hey, baby, you know that I hate the sad emoji too and I hate the crying, laughing one? I mean, I, I think I already have, I qualify for some of the red flags probably, but I, I know that she and I would see to eye on the emojis and the specific ones she chose are interesting to me. The next, next red flag, crypto bro. And then in parentheses, Bitcoin and stocks. No comment. I don't really know anything about that shit. I see the same shit that everybody sees. I see the references to it. I know there's people who are obsessed with it. The second somebody talks about crypto, I just tune out. I always think I wish that I had capitalized on it somehow, just like everything that gets big. But uh, I'm not, I don't know anything about the stock market. I don't know. I don't know if it's a red flag or not. I think it's just boring. <laughs> you know, I think it's just something that nobody wants to hear about. It doesn't necessarily mean there's anything wrong with somebody. It just means like, oh, you're going to talk about boring shit a lot. Uh, and we couldn't, the list would not be a list of red flags without this one. Mansplains. I have talked about it so much. I don't know what else I should say here. It's kind of like the other ones about like men who criticize women or anything like that, where it, it depends. I might as well just, I'll do a quick summary of my thoughts on mansplaining, even though I always talk about it, but. First of all, it's a red flag for a woman to use the term mansplain. See, I have my own red flags. If a woman sincerely talks about mansplaining or complains about mansplaining, that's usually a red flag that I'm not going to get along with her. But uh, the bar, you know, the bar has been lowered so much for what qualifies as mansplaining. And nobody ever talks about the fact that the per the people that men mansplain to the most are other men. What you're talking about when you say mansplaining is simply the way that men communicate. And men have problems with the way women communicate. But uh, men men communicate with each other through mansplaining. It happens so much that we just expect it. So it's not that women are getting. Uh, are being treated differently. Like, I think there's an idea when women talk about mansplaining, I think that it comes from this assumption that men don't talk that way to each other. I think it comes from this place that's like, oh, men just talk to each other with respect. Men are never patronizing or condescending. Men never try to tell each other things they already know. No, they do it to each other literally all the time and they get really mad at each other. When you hear that two men hate each other, when you hear that two men don't like each other, Let's just say in a social group, like let's say two guys are in the same group of friends and they hate each other. 
There's a decent chance it either involves jealousy over a woman or two, one of them tried to mansplain to the other one and the, and he got mad or they tried to do it to each other. You know, it's, it's seriously, it's a huge source of tension is men trying to explain things to each other, trying to one up each other. If you think that's just something men do to women, you, you know, you're wrong, but you could say maybe in general, men should do less of that. And I think that's a valid point. Men should be careful how much they patronizingly explain things to anyone. And what that kind of reminds me of, it's like I joked about when a friend of mine here in town posted some infographic during summer 2020 that was like, if you're in the grocery store checkout line and you're behind a woman of color, make sure that you give her extra space and do nothing to seem like you're hurrying her because she's so tired. And I was just like, isn't that something you just should do to everybody? Shouldn't you just not rush? If you're in line behind somebody at the grocery store, it, doesn't it not matter who they are? Aren't you an asshole for doing that to anybody? But you get points. You, you participate in the game and you're rewarded with points by finding that unique jewel. The unique jewel that says, the way to be a white ally is to not hurry tired black women who are checking out in line in front of you. And it's like, that's just, uh, that's just human decency that we should do to anybody. But you get points for sp getting as specific as possible. It's, it's kind of like with mansplaining, where it's something that men do to each other all the time. Men do it to children. Men will over-explain and be condescending and patronizing to each other, to women, to children. You can say it's something men do to women because they're included, but the whole framing of mansplaining is just strange because I believe that men do do that to women, but I don't believe it's something they do uniquely to women. And it's immeasurable. It's 100% based on how you felt. Like I've been hanging out. I've had girlfriends who are like, oh, it worked today. Some guy mansplained to me. And I hear what it was and I'm like, that doesn't sound that bad. I don't say that because I don't want to go to war. But I've just been like, that doesn't really sound like he was doing that for the reasons you think. Or it seems like maybe you heard that you heard a friend use that word and now you want to use it every time a guy says something. Femsplaining. She's femsplaining to me. You know, it's just silly. There have been other times, though, where women have said to me like, oh, yeah, I got mansplained to today and I hear it. And I was like, yeah, I can, I can see how that would be annoying. Whether or not it's part of this campaign by men directed just to women, I don't know. But obviously, it's something women experience, but I can tell you that we all experience it. And the definition is so broad, like including mansplaining as a red flag. I mean, that's so broad. The next one, thinks a hit to the balls is the worst pain in the world. This one's interesting. It doesn't, it seems simple. But think about including this on a, a list of red flags. A guy who thinks getting hit in the balls is the worst pain in the world. That's a red flag. The woman making this list doesn't know what it feels like to get hit in the balls. While men are performative about it. Like I noticed this growing up. As a kid, I noticed like playing sports and things. Sometimes you'd be playing a game with a kid and a ball would hit him like on the thigh like you, you would see the ball hit him on the inner thigh. And even though that would probably hurt a little bit, he'd grab his nuts and fall to the ground and like spend like two minutes acting like he got hit in the balls. 
And I, I noticed that happened many times where like guys over-exaggerated groin injuries or, or pretended that like an injury near the balls actually hit them in the balls. Men can be performative about that. And I think it is this sort of macho thing like, oh, my balls are so important and big that, that like I, I have to show everybody by acting like I'm in pain. That said, while men, men do turn it into this performance where it's like, oh, I got hit in the balls. It's like I saw the ball hit your thigh, you jerk off. While men do that shit, and they talk about balls all the time. Oh, dude, getting hit in the balls. Oh, nothing worse than getting hit in the balls. If you've ever actually been hit right in the balls, we men didn't just make that up. And it's not even pain. It's not that it's the worst pain in the world. There's just no feeling like it. It's like having the wind knocked out of you. And if you've ever had the wind knocked out of you, you feel like you're dying, like you're confused. You can't breathe. Like you're knocked into this world of uncomfortable confusion where your body's not working properly. That's what getting hit in the balls is like. And I can tell you that like I'll be sitting on the couch playing with Batty and he'll just like gently pounce for the toy and every once in a while he'll hit me in the balls. It's a moment of, of significant discomfort that overtakes me. It's, it's not pain like stubbing your toe. It just overcomes you. That's real. While men perform it, while men act it out in certain ways, and they act like they pretend they got hit in the balls when they didn't, and they do stupid shit around that. I don't know, I don't know how a woman could possibly see that as a red flag. But because we're seeing a clear political tone to this list... What she's saying, and I don't think I'm wrong in in interpreting it this way, what she's saying when she says he thinks getting hit in the balls is the worst pain in the world and that's a red flag, it means that he's not acknowledging the pain that women go through. She's saying that a guy who thinks getting hit in the balls is the worst pain in the world is downplaying the far worse pain that women experience. But in both cases, we're talking about experiences we don't know. I don't know if getting hit in the balls is worse than having your period or giving birth to a baby. And I don't care. Like if, if, if women experience more pain as part of their natural biological functions, cool. You get, here's an award. Like, I mean, you can have it. I just don't know. I'm never going to give birth. I'm never going to have my period. You're never going to get hit in the balls. I don't know how red flags come into it because all we know is what we experience. And a guy who gets hit in the balls, that's all he knows. I mean, I doubt any guy would say it's the worst pain in the world. It's just a very unique thing. You have these balls that hang in front of you, kind of between your legs and in front of you. And you have to be constantly aware of them, like when you're sitting, not just like not just to avoid squeezing them between your thighs or something, but they stick to your legs in weird ways. They sit weirdly. It's a weird thing to have. It's really weird to have balls. Boobs are weird. Sometimes when I'm really, like, I, like I'm attracted to boobs, to boobs, obviously. But there are times when I'm very dissociated and I just look at boobs and I, and I see them for what they are. And I'm just like, yeah, that is pretty weird. These things just hang off the chest. They just hang there. Balls, you know, balls are far less attractive. This like thin, stretchy skin with like hairs sticking off of it and veins. It's weird. And then you have 
to constantly be aware of it, like the way you sit. It's not that they're so vulnerable that if you just sit down and wrong, you're going to like hurt yourself severely, but you could. You hear about things like torsion. Just talking about it right now. My balls are hurting right now just thinking about it. I don't know how it would be a red flag. It's just That's just subjective experience. A man's subjective experience is that there's a unique form of discomfort that comes when you get hit in the balls. It's like unlike anything else you know. I don't see how it's a red flag, but I think what's implied there is that when men think getting hit in the balls is the worst pain in the world, they're erasing the pain that women go through. I, I'm just guessing that's kind of where it's coming from. And maybe it's true. You know, maybe it's true that women experience more pain. I'm more than willing to let them have that. The next one doesn't ask about you or only talks about himself. That's just a good general rule. That's a good general rule. Could definitely be a red flag. You know, someone who's too self-involved. I love talking about myself, but I am always conscious in conversation not to relate everything back to me, not to talk about myself too much. Um, I'll talk about myself in excruciating detail here, but not in conversation. And I think I do get irritated myself. Like if I'm talking to anybody and all they do is talk about themselves. I mean, like I experienced that you get a feel for narcissism. I don't want to be down on this lady because she was a friend of my mom's. But when my mom died, I talked to her a couple times and she sent me a couple messages. 99.9 of interactions I had were amazing with it, with her and with everybody. But I did notice that like when I would talk to her about my mom, she was relating everything to herself. Like she was only talking about the qualities my mom had that she felt that she had herself, which might not be narcissistic. She might have just been awkwardly trying to kind of like say, I don't know that she related to my mom, but it was like it did kind of feel and I wasn't offended by it or anything. But I did start to notice that like it seemed like anything I said, she related it to herself. And that's just that's not romance. That's just dealing with anybody, someone who's too self-involved, who's too narcissistic. I think we all understand why that's a red flag. Okay, this is now we just have the sports list. These the next list, the next several red flags are football, baseball, lacrosse, track, hockey, cross country, and if you're a Christian. And that's the end of the list. So if you're into football, baseball, lacrosse, track, hockey or cross country. So if you're into any masculine sport. If you're into any masculine sport, we got them all right there. She didn't list rugby, but she if she lived in Australia or New Zealand, she'd probably feel that way about rugby too. So basically any guy who's into sports. But you know what? Curiously absent is Major League Soccer, which is a liberal thing. I know I sound crazy, but I noticed this about six or seven years ago. I started to notice that the people who were really enthusiastic about major league soccer in this area were generally more liberal. And I think it kind of goes back to like, like the kids I knew in, in school who were actually politically liberal, and there weren't very many, most kids were very apolitical, but the kids I knew who were very politically liberal, they were really into England. That was like the era when like a, a kid who thought he was smart 
in an American school would just wear a shirt with a British flag on it. And and like anything you listen to, he'd just be like, oh, it's not as good as the Beatles. It's not as good as the Beatles. It's not as good as the Beatles. Not as good as the Beatles. Not as good as the Beatles. You know, it was just this, not as good as the Beatles. And, they, and I noticed that they were really into Major League Soccer and had like a favorite football, European football club. Nothing wrong with that. I don't like soccer. I can't watch it. I don't. It's. I don't have anything against it. We're all, we're into what we're into, sports wise. I didn't choose to prefer football. I don't like to watch baseball for long periods. I enjoy baseball for three innings. And baseball fans hate me for this because they're like, yeah, but the tradition. You know, baseball fans are very conservative, to their credit. You know, because it's like they want to keep. Because we've seen like rule changes in football fuck it up. Like I hate when. Uh, I tune in to the, to the opening game of this, the football season, and they're like, oh, they changed extra points to be this. Oh, now they're doing the kickoff from this yard line. Oh, now this is illegal. Oh, now, now you get a flag for dancing. Now you don't get a flag for dancing. You know, I, I hate how the NFL is always trying to change their formula, because guess what? The formula is fucking good as it is. I understand protecting players. I totally get trying to prevent concussions, but beyond that, stop fucking with the rules. You make this shit awful. You're taking an amazing thing, the NFL, and you're continually fucking with it. Baseball's more conservative, although I don't follow it as closely. Baseball fans, from what I know, it's like they hate change. And in the way it seems, like when I watch baseball today, I don't feel like I'm watching something that's that different from what Babe Ruth was doing 100 years ago. It doesn't feel that different. It seems like what they're doing is the same. Yeah, they're using AstroTurf. Their uniforms are a little more crisp. They got a, a little more color in there. Not doing anything that different, though. Football, though, I mean, football's obviously evolved greatly. I mean, I'm glad football evolved the way it did, but they're always fucking with it. But anyway, like, I didn't choose to prefer football. And, like, with baseball, I, I think the sport of baseball is amazing. I love the rules. I'm not a part of the baseball culture, though. Like, the way baseball fans talk, I don't really get into the lingo. And then it just gets so boring so quickly. Like, a friend of mine works for a, a minor league baseball team. It's, it's a big deal. You know, they're not the, they're not the major league, but they're a, they're a minor league baseball team, and they have good players, and they're a big deal. They got some good players, and they're a big deal. And so he, he gave me tickets to a game a few years ago, and uh, I was so excited. I was like, I'm at a ball game. I'm, I'm going to get a hot dog and a beer. This is when I still drank. I was like, I'm going to get a hot dog and a beer and just watch baseball. This is awesome. Three innings went by, and I was like, when is this going to be over? Why don't you just fucking end? Like, if there was a time limit, that'd be one thing. You know, if there was a, like a, a clock ticking down, that'd be one thing. But because it's just based on innings and outs, a game could be nine hours. And I had some really bad experiences growing up. Like going to Seattle Mariners games at their peak in the 90s was really cool. But once again, you'd go there and it's like, I don't know if this game's going to be over in two hours or nine hours. But I didn't choose that. Like I, it, it goes back to what I say about preferences. While you have preferences, you don't choose them. Like, I didn't choose to not like soccer. And for that matter, like, to me, hockey is just a better version of soccer on ice. They're very similar. 
Hockey is basically like, how can we make soccer more interesting? Oh, they'll be on ice skates. We'll make it extremely violent where guys fight. And then, you know, they're going to have sticks and, and like pads and they're going to continually hit each other. It's just basically a better version of soccer rules wise. But I can't help but notice she didn't include soccer. And I have noticed this. I know that I, I, I sound insane. All I am, I'm a conservative pundit now, basically. But it's like, it's like I'm always pointing out how dictionary.com's crossword puzzle has a liberal bias. Well, I've noticed that liberals are really into soccer. And like, the reason I brought up like these kids I went to high school with is like they were the kids in high school who were like, oh, I'm getting into Karl Marx. They were cool. They were smart. I'm, I'm really into England. But that lent itself, like, like being into soccer was rebellious, I guess is what I'm saying. Like for people who hated sports, which a lot of liberals do, which a lot of nerds do, a lot of artsy people, they really hate sports. It's, it's, it's irrational. They have an irrational hatred. They judge sports so intently. Like I went on a date with a girl, a woman, she was older than I was, and she was a stripper. We went on two dates, like nothing ever happened. I, I liked her. I thought she was smart and fun. But she, uh, I think the reason nothing ever happened is like one night she was like, oh, you can come over. She had a kid and her apartment wasn't very far from where I lived. But she was like, oh, you can come over and we can drink rum out of juice boxes so my kid doesn't know. And I was like in my mid to late 20s. She was probably in her early 30s. And I was just like, eh, you know. I don't want to go over there. I don't want to go over and like have a kid there and be drinking rum out of juice boxes. She was nice though. Like, and that suggestion to me wasn't even like dirty or anything. Like it wasn't like, I didn't feel like she was a bad mother for inviting a guy over to drink rum out of juice boxes to hide it from the kid. It was just too much for me to think about. It was, it was just too much of a distraction, you know, like I had never been involved with somebody with a kid, let alone been around them. But, uh, I don't know, just that combination. I was just like, yeah, you know, I don't think she was that interested in me either, though, to be fair. But anyway, the reason I bring her up is uh, I remember like within minutes of our date, we're drinking, we're kind of joking around. And I just mentioned being into football. And she was like, oh, I call it sports ball. And I'd never heard that before. But I, I, I came to learn that that was like a popular internet term for people who hate sports. It's like, oh, sports ball. And I hate when I hear it now. Like when she said it, I was just like, oh, she doesn't like sports. She has some goofy name to make fun of it. But it, like what I'm seeing on this list of this girl who just lists all these major sports as red flags, I'm like, she just doesn't like sports. And she's totally the type of girl who's like, oh, so you're into sports ball? Oh, so you're into sports ball? You're into sports ball? Are you into spell like, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. That's a red flag. It's a red flag. Um, but yeah, the first time I ever like really, I knew people hated sports. I knew people resented athletes, especially certain types of people. But that date was the first time I ever heard somebody say sports ball. Sports ball. Oh, you're into sports ball. It's a new voice. I'm not going to do, I'm going to save that for rainy days here. Um, Wow, I've never done that voice. That was a that's the first time I've ever done a voice like that. And it was good. I'm I want to save that cuz it's got to be good. 
<laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah. So like, I, I just I, I noticed that soccer is not on the list, and like for some reason, like being into soccer was sort of like a a liberal, like pro European worldly thing to be into like it communicated like you're a cosmopolitan and you're worldly not that all soccer fans are that but i noticed this trend and i think it, i think soccer is con- conspicuously absent from this list and that's funny because it's filled with so much crazy shit like the fan bases around you know soccer clubs in europe are so freaking insane like they're violent far beyond anything sports fans in the u.s do so it's just funny that soccer is not on the list. Maybe she just forgot it or she's one of these people who thinks it's cool to be into soccer but not other sports. I'll tell you what, nothing beats football. That's a, that's a crazy thing about football is no matter how much they fuck with it. I mean, Roger Goodell has been such a shitty commissioner. He's been a sh- He's been the worst I've ever seen. Not a Goodell f- fan at all. But no matter how much they fuck with football... No matter how much like BLM slogans they put on the backs of helmets, no matter how much drama there is around stupid bullshit we don't need to worry about as football fans, it's amazing that it's still worth watching because football is so cool. But uh, that's her list. She has Christian on there, so that speaks volumes. It's a red flag if you're a Christian. Just being a Christian is a red flag. It's funny that cross country's on there because it's just running. (laughs) <laughs> like, like what is, what's wrong with running? Like you can say, oh, football's violent. Baseball's boring. Blah, like she has these reasons to track. She put track and cross country on there. I don't know. You know, and the thing is, you know, yeah, I'm being a little bit uh, sardonic about this list. But I mean, I think there are some valid points made on it. Like, I think that there are some valid observations, but the ones that are valid are just general for everybody. And, and the other ones that I agree with aren't red flags. Like, like there are some that are red flags, but they're just basic red flags about any human you interact with, not just romantically. And then the other ones that I agreed with, sort of, like she had a few on there that I agreed, they're not things that I like either. And I often see them as traits that someone of poor character has. But that said, they're not, there's a difference between poor character and red flags. That's a huge difference. There's a freaking canyon between poor character and red flags. They lend themselves to each other. I would say that everybody who exhibits very real red flags has poor character, but not all poor characters, red flags are dangerous. Just some people, I mean, some people don't have a backbone. That's poor character too. I was amused by this list, though, and I wanted to look at it as neutrally as possible because, first of all, it proves my point. Like, my point, my big point that, like, modern dating for women is a matter of, it's a matter of assessing quality and vetting men. And that involves not just assessing whether or not they're a danger. It doesn't just involve, like, deciding what you like about the guy. It means you can have a list of very loosely defined red flags that rule a guy out. Oh, you know what? I don't think the list was done. Actually, hold on here. I don't I don't think the list was done. There might be another. 
Oh, there's, and I, see, there's more for me. See, the, I see, I missed even some of the good stuff. I was going to end the show. Here we are over an hour. I was going to end the show. There's an entire another page of, of thing of red flags. Whew. Whew. <laughs> there's other stuff for me to talk about. Okay, so her list, her, her con- the continuation, we're not done. You thought the story was over, it continues now. The next red flag is, quote-unquote, doesn't do politics. So being apolitical or expressing that you are apolitical is seen as a red flag. This is another one that I know a little bit about because I've seen it explained in other places. Modern liberals believe that somebody who is not who doesn't declare themselves politically is a conservative or is an enemy if somebody doesn't want to talk about politics it means that they believe horrendous things that they're just going to hide so what she's saying by including that on this list she's saying like a man who doesn't declare himself politically is a red flag. But she doesn't just mean that. What she means is a man who doesn't declare his political allegiance to the liberal world order is a red flag. That's what she really means. She's not saying that a guy who's apolitical has something wrong with him. She's saying a guy who doesn't explicitly label himself an adherent of the liberal world order is a problem. So that's what she means. There's no other way to interpret that. This one's weird. Only wants to talk at night. What does that mean? Seems like night is when you usually go, like, like thinking back to my dating days. Usually the evening is when you talk. That's usually kind of when you're settling in. Like, you might have work or school or errands to run earlier in the day. So, at night is when you talk. You know, I can understand if, oh, he only wants to talk at night when he's horny and he's jacking off. He only wants to talk when he's jacking off. You know, I can understand if there's like some other component to this. Like he only wants to talk at night when he's jerking off. Maybe, maybe that's it. But other than that, I don't see why only wanting to talk at night is a problem. That seems to be like a control thing. Like if he doesn't want to talk during the day, that's a problem because he should be at my beck and call. That's kind of how I interpret that. I don't know if I'm right because I'm confused by it because night is when you settle in and have the time to like go back and forth with somebody. All their jokes are sexual. It's a red flag if all of a guy's jokes are sexual. I think that's a good one. I think I agree with that. I, I would say the same is true for women. I think that this is true for other people. I don't like I don't, I don't make friends with guys who only joke about sex. I find like the sex is such a crutch. Like I watch, you know, I, I watch stand up comedy very, very rarely. But, uh, you know, without fail, so much of it revolves around sex. And while some of it might be funny, like someone might have some unique take, it's such a crutch, especially in comedy. And, you know, I know people come down on popular female comedians because they say all they talk about. And I actually saw a pie graph chart. I saw like a chart breaking down the statistics. This is crazy. 
somebody went through like all these stand-up comedy specials from the last number of years and they analyzed like what percentage of of minutes in each one is dedicated to certain subjects and they found that like for popular female comedians like 90% i don't know the actual number but it was like an overwhelming amount of their stand-up sets was about sex and with men a lot of it was too much in my opinion too much of the the men were talking about sex too as a crutch but it was evident that like female comedians like that's their main gig is talking about their sex life you know it's been a joke for years that like a crutch for female stand-up comedians is to like talk very crassly about their vagina or something uh you know it's not for me i don't really judge that like because first of all like talk about whatever you want when you're doing stand-up. I don't believe in limiting what, what somebody should or could talk about in stand-up comedy. That said, it's not for me. It's not funny. I had a college class, and keep in mind I went to the Evergreen State College, but I had a college class where I don't know what the reason was. It was a sociology class. They showed us, instead of like teaching class that day, they showed us a Margaret Cho stand-up set. They showed us a Margaret Cho special. And weirdly, like 15 years later, I went to a, um, what's his name? Uh, God, what are they called? Um, it's going to come to me. Genesis P. Orridge, Psychic TV. I, I saw a Psychic TV show live, and they had Margaret Cho come on stage and do guest vocals. I'm not even kidding. Neil Hamburger opened, the comedian Neil Hamburger, he opened for them. And then they had different guests, like they had people from different bands come out and like play instruments and sing. But weirdly, on a certain song, they had Margaret Cho come out. Like she's friends with Psychic TV or something. Uh, it was just weird. Just weird. That's so weird. But uh, they they made us watch like a, a Margaret Cho special in in my freshman year of college so this is like 2004 and it just wasn't funny to me like people were kind of fake laughing in the class like some people thought it was funny but like she was talking about going down because she's, she's a lesbian so she was talking about like going down on a woman and she was doing all these gestures and it's just not for me just not for me if that's what somebody finds funny like she obviously has a large audience that's fine but it's, it's definitely not for me but it's just interesting because, like, we think of men being the ones who are always, like, telling crass sex jokes. My friends don't. Once in a while. Like, you got to a little bit. Like, sometimes I, I think I do on here, but it's, it's pretty rare. And if it is, it's usually really stupid. Like, it's usually done almost ironically. Like, almost like, oh, yeah, that is really stupid, isn't it? But I, I don't know. Like, even when I played football, even when I, when I hung out with jocks and, like, I've had friends of all types... I've just never known guys to be that reliant. And when they are, I don't want anything to do with them as friends. Not for any real reason. It's just not my kind of humor. In the same way, I don't want to watch a stand-up special where somebody just talks about sex. It's a crutch. I also don't want to just have friends who joke about that all the time. It's just, I don't know. I just don't, I don't like that. So I think that's a, it's a, you know, it's a valid uh, red flag. But you know what? If I've gone on dates with women where it's like they're, they talk too much about sex or they joke about it too much. And I'm like, yeah, it's a turnoff. So I think that it's universal. With men, it might be a little different because men can be much more sexually aggressive. Obviously, men are predators. 
But uh, yeah, I get that one. Long story short, I get that one. Next one. Does, this, this is where we get esoteric. Doesn't put... Okay, it's hard to say. Doesn't put, quote-unquote, chats delete after 24 hours, end quote, on Snap. So there's some sort of setting... From what I understand about this, I know nothing. I've never used Snapchat. Snapchat. From what I understand about this, though, Snapchat has a setting... That says chats delete after 24 hours. So if you're chatting with somebody on Snapchat, you can make it so it automatically deletes the messages after 24 hours. And she's saying if a guy doesn't have that enabled, it's a red flag. So I guess the implication is that if a guy doesn't auto delete his Snapchat conversations, it might imply he's saving them. And we do hear about people like screen capping and doing weird shit. People are part of this world that I have nothing to do with. You know, this this is esoteric. This is weird and, and far, far from anything I understand anymore. Chats delete after 24 hours on Snap. Very specific, though. It's interesting that's a red flag. I don't know. And I don't know enough about Snapchat to know if that that's is that auto enabled and you have to turn it off. Or is, or is the default to save chats? Like, that's important to this. Like, if the automatic setting is that it just deletes shit after 24 hours, I could see where a girl might think it's weird that he doesn't delete stuff because he's consciously saving it. I don't know. What this one reminds me of is a guy was telling me a few months ago, I was talking to a dude who was telling me how he walked by two girls having a conversation outside of a coffee shop, and one of them was consulting with the other one. Because like I said, the girl council is an important part of the vetting process. Girls, like, they need an infrastructure. And this girl was talking to her friend, and she was like, oh, he sent me two snaps last night. Should I respond with two snaps myself? Should I send him one, or should I leave him on red? And that's something I, I've never looked up what leave on red means. I like to not look these up, because it kind of plays into, like, the the what I was talking about last night about if something is necessary, it's obvious. And if something is obvious, it's necessary. Some of the things that these kids talk about, I can figure it out because it's something that has become kind of universal where I can go, okay, I, can, I, I think I know what that means. But, uh, to me, like if something that like is on this list of red flags, for example, if it's not something that I can figure out on my own, it's probably not something I need to know. And so this one I could kind of figure out. Chats delete after 24 hours on Snap. But it reminded me of this guy telling me the, these girls were talking and the other one, the one said to the other, like he sent me two snaps. Do I send him two back? Do I send him one or do I leave it on red? I didn't know what leave it on red meant. I've heard that. What I assume that means, and I think I'm right, but what I assume it means without ever having looked it up, I think it means like you open the message and they can see that you opened it because we're so insane and sick now. We're so insane and sick now that we, we tell, we, it tells us when they've seen it and what time, when they open it. And we think about that. We obsess over that. People obsess over that. Like if a girl sends a guy a message and he doesn't respond, 
but they see that he opened it and read it because they have that information. They give people that information. That means he would have left her on read. And it's sort of a power move from what I understand. On one hand, it's a way of showing you're not interested. Like, oh, this guy's trying to engage, but I'm not interested. So I'm just going to stop responding because as we know, men won't stop. They won't pick up on signals. They just don't. But it's also a power move. People will do that to, to people they like. From what I understand, people will leave somebody on red who they like as a power move, as part of the game of not showing your cards, not showing your hand. So this girl, like this guy told me this, he was like, it was so crazy. Like, this is the world we're in. And I was like, you know what? Like, I don't know what a snap is, but I assume it's a private picture. I assume that when she said he snapped me twice last night, she means he sent her like two private Snapchat photos because I know it's all based around photos. And so she, but she was getting into the politics and protocol of it, which apparently is something these girls talk about in their councils, which is like, if he sends me two, do I send two in response or one or zero? And I don't know whether she liked him because if she liked him, she might send two back or one back. But if she liked him, she might also not reply to kind of make a power move in the game. So hard to say, but it shows it's esoteric, but I can kind of get it. What I'm saying is like, I kind of know what they're talking about, even though I'm not on Snapchat, but it just shows how deep we are in that world, that protocol and politics of flirtation and Snapchat is something this girl has on her red flags list. These two girls were talking about in public. It's just wild. Okay, this is an interest, another, they're all interesting, but this one's interesting too. This is the next red, red flag mentions their love language is physical touch within the first day of talking or has it in their dating profile. I've never seen this. I've never said this. What she's saying, in case it wasn't clear, she's saying that some guys either have it, they either say this in their profile or they say it on the first day of talking. They say, my love language is physical touch. And so she's saying that's a red flag. That's a big fucking red flag. You're spot on, girl. You're spot on. Yeah, that is a red flag. I've, I've, any guy who would say that, I would hope my friends don't talk to women like that. Not because it's inappropriate, because it's fucking, you know what? It's fucking, you know what to say shit like that. That's so silly. Love, how many guys have said this to her is what I wonder. How many guys have said to her, my love, my love language is physical touch. It's like some guy who's doing an impersonation of a Spanish lover or something. My love language is physical touch. My love language is physical touch. My love language is physical touch. My love language. My my love language is physical touch. Yeah, uh, that does sound like a red flag to me. Not because it's dangerous. Like, yeah, the implication is that he's going to be sexually aggressive or move too fast. It's just lame. That's just a stupid thing for a human being to say. Moving on. Here's a good one. Next red flag is says literally any slur that doesn't belong to them. So if if they use any kind of slur that's not in reference to their own people. We we all know what what she's talking about. 
You know, what's interesting, though, you, again, you can, you can read into her politics based on uh, the way that's worded, where it, it doesn't just say, says literally any slur. Because that would be kind of, okay, that makes sense. Uses literally any slur. Because that kind of covers all the bases. Somebody who talks that way, somebody who uses a lot of slurs, I can see why that would be a red flag. But adding that doesn't belong to them. Because that's become a whole part of the discussion is like owning slurs, like the slur that's used to refer to your people is one that you can use in a self-referential way, which I don't disagree with. But it's just uh, adding that shows you what she's been consuming. Needing, needing to even make that clarification shows you kind of where she's coming from. Here's another one that's very esoteric that I don't understand at all. Uses VSCO. Uses VSCO. I can't even begin to figure it out. I must not need to know it. Just like I was saying a second ago, if you need to know something, it should be obvious why you need to know it. It should be obvious what it is even. Like I could figure out some weird reference to like Snapchat settings, even though I've never used it and don't know anything about it. I don't know what VSCO is, but you know what? I am going to look it up for the sake of this show. I, w I wouldn't do this on my own. I didn't do this last night. Oh, that's disappointing. VSCO is a photo and video editing app and sharing platform. So this girl's a technological snob. I don't know what's wrong with it. Maybe it's considered tacky. It looks like it's a photo app where you can kind of like decorate your photos. Yeah, that's all it looks like it is. Like you can add objects and like flowers and decorations to your photos with VSCO. So that's a red flag to her. That sounds like technological snobbery. And that's probably, you know, she probably, she doesn't say it on here, but she probably feels like something like if a guy, like she might as well say like a guy who uses an Android and not an iPhone. She's probably analyzing that. Oh, I went on the date with him. He's using an Android and not an iPhone. He uses the VSCO image editing app. It's tacky or something. She doesn't even say why. She just says uses VSCO. And you know what I take from the, the curtness of this one? The, the fact that she would so curtly state that a red flag is simply, quote, uses VSCO, it means she expects people to know what she's talking about and, and understand why she's saying that. So there must be something among at least young women, maybe young people in general, that looks down upon VSCO use. So this is, this is what happens when your brain fuses with your phone. You judge men and you consider it a red flag when they use some sort of image editing app that you don't like. The next one is rages at or over video games. Yeah, that could be one. I mean, video games can be infuriating. When I was younger, I remember a couple times getting mad at video games. I think it's a pretty normal response, though. As long as you know that it's a game... I could see where like a girl, especially I don't even know what it's like in this gamer world we're in now. Like 
you know, thinking about these girls for a second, they're in a world now where there's a 99.9% chance the guy they're going to date spends a lot of time playing video games. I hear about it from women friends of mine. Not even that they're complaining, but just like when they talk about what their boyfriend does, like even if he does other things, he spends a lot of his downtime gaming. And I know a lot of these guys play games online with other people. I can see why raging over games is not something a young woman wants to be around, whether it's a red flag and it indicates like worse anger problems, maybe. But I can just see like as a matter of preference, not wanting to be around somebody a lot who gets really mad at video games. I think, you know, I I have no issue with this being on the list. The next one is Apex Legends. I don't know what that is. Maybe a video game. I'm going to use another lifeline just so I know, but it seems to be understood. Like it's another one that's very curt. Okay. It's, it's a shooter. It's a shooting video game. I've never heard of, I've heard of league of legends. If it's the same thing, I've never heard of apex legend, but it must be something that girls like this really don't like. Another red flag is boys will be boys. The statement boys will be boys. She really doesn't like guys referring to themselves as boys. She's made that clear. Next one is ghost hunting. So it doesn't like macho things at all. Doesn't like football. Doesn't like camo. Really doesn't like any kind of display of masculinity, even very practical, traditional masculinity like hunting. Ghost hunting is a red flag. Again, like how is that a red flag? It's just something you might not agree with. Maybe you think people shouldn't kill animals. Maybe you don't like the culture of hunting. It's, it's not a red flag. It's something, I mean, are Native Americans, is being a Native American a red flag to her? Are tribes in Africa a red flag because they hunt? Where does it begin and end? I bet she would say, oh, no, that's great. Oh, no, that's great. That's great that Native Americans hunt. So you date a Native American hunter, but you would not date an American boy who goes hunting. I think that is, I think she doesn't like hunting culture, but I think I, I'm, my guess is that her actual views on hunting itself are kind of flimsy and she'd be okay with like tribes hunting, but maybe not guys shooting guns. But here's where it gets good. Here's the, here's the real meat. Here's the, this, no, this is, we already had the meat. This is the, the dessert. The next red flag is doesn't have their pronouns in their social media or profile. It's a red flag if a guy doesn't have his pronouns in his social media profile. Interesting. This is that declaration of allegiance. Because a guy could, in theory, be more than fine with this gender identity cult. He could be more than okay with it. But him not having his pronouns in the bio to this girl is a red flag. He hasn't declared his allegiance. He's not nearly inclusive enough. It's a red flag for him not to have that stuff. And, uh, you know, but it goes back to like what I was saying about the baseball players refusing to wear rainbow pins during Pride Month, where you're not expected to simply accept, you must celebrate. You can't just accept this or that. You can't just accept gay people. You can't just accept trans people. 
you can't just think that black people deserve civil rights and human dignity. You have to declare it and put it on you. You have to wear the pin because that's what these pronouns are. It's, it's essentially a button or a pin, but it's online. But you pin it to your online lapel. And so this girl thinks if a guy doesn't have his pronouns listed, it's a red flag. So she just went all in right there. She went all in. Like she showed all of her cards right there. She'd been showing them a little bit. She'd, showing, she'd been showing you card by card, little things here and there that showed you where she was coming from. But here she's clearly laying her cards down and just saying straight up, if you're not a open an outspoken liberal doing all of the things the liberal world world order expects of you, all of which are brand new, all of which are as new to her as they are to anybody else. But if you're not, if you haven't updated, if you haven't downloaded that update, red flag. Here's another one that requires a little critical thinking says it's a red flag if they say quote unquote without me as a response when you say taking a shower or laying in bed so just just to translate this for you because it's it's a little hard to comprehend she's saying that if she sends him a message and says i'm taking a shower or i'm laying in bed and he responds with without me like he's saying he wants to be there doing that with her. So if she says taking a shower and he responds without me, he's saying like, I wish I was taking that shower with you. If she says I'm laying in bed and he says without me, it means I wish I was there with you. Like you're doing it without me, but I wish I was there. Yeah, it's fucking lame. Like if a guy said that, like if a girl said that to me, I'd be like, that's fucking lame. She, she has every right in the world to be mad at men for that one stupid bullshit that's the kind of shit where if you saw your friends say it to a girl you'd kick him in the balls which would be the worst pain in the world um no yeah that's that's just the kind of shit that men just being stupid and pathetic but what's interesting about that is the idea that you would even tell someone you're taking a shower or laying in bed like if i'm messaging back and forth unless there's a reason I don't tell them what I'm doing. Like if I was having a conversation with a girl through messages and I wanted to take a shower, I would just take a shower and then 20 minutes later message her back. But that shows, that shows you like the way these conversations take place, which is people are telling each other everything they're doing. And there's an expectation if somebody doesn't respond. Like you tell them you're taking a shower because they might be upset if you don't respond right away. And the, I experienced this like when I stopped dating, I was starting to experience a little bit of this, which would be a girl would be clearly interested in you and you might have already agreed to meet. Or maybe you already did meet and now you're just touching base through the phone. But either way, I noticed that like before you even have a chance to really get to know somebody or go on a date or talk, they want to have these long back and forth text or message conversations and I don't do that. Like we could call each other on the phone. Now, that's nice. But the idea of sitting there with a phone or emails, fine. Pen pal, email type thing. 
phone or email, things that benefit from long form talk. But I'm not the kind of person like I just can't sit there for an hour going back and forth through a message. Call. Why don't you call me? So in that one, it's not just that guys very pathetically say, without me, when a girl says she's doing, taking a shower or laying in bed, what's interesting about that one is it, it's clear that this girl like will tell guys, I'm laying in bed or I'm taking a shower. I just, I just wouldn't share that with somebody unless there's a reason to. Like, unless there's, there's some reason why they should be expecting a sudden response from me, that's the only reason I would say, oh, I'm going to go do something else for a minute. I'm going to take a shower. Just interesting. Like, people, they talk too much. They talk too much through text. They talk too much through text. They do, though. And, like, there was a girl that I had met. I was blackout drunk in an alleyway outside of a bar, and... I was with a friend of mine and like this big group of people she knew, my friend, just a friend of mine, this big group of people came and she knew them and we took a picture with them and then it got posted online. This is like a, this is a long time ago, eight, nine years ago or something. And I saw the picture and I didn't remember it because I was blackout drunk in an alleyway, but there was this girl who looked really hot and like I was kneeling, I, w- I was kneeling in the photo and I was like right next to her, like she was standing right next to me. And I was like, who's that? This like hot girl was in the alleyway and I took a photo with her and I don't even know who she is. And I asked my friend, she was like, oh, she's so-and-so. And so she gave the girl my number, which was nice. And we, we set up a first date. But like before we could even go on the date, she was messaging me so much, like asking me questions that you ask on a first date. And I was thinking, we're not going to have any like lead in. We're going to meet at a restaurant which I hate to do anyway, but she wanted to meet at a restaurant and we're going to sit there and you're already going to have asked me all the important questions. And like, we're not even going to be, you know, we're just going to sit down and order food and it's going to be awkward. You're, you're talking to me too much. And from my experience too, they just, that's just what people do now. Like you, you talk it out way, way too soon before you even know if you have chemistry or going to like each other. So, uh, anyway, the next one, the next red flag is self-proclaimed gamers. No comment, really. I think it's valid. I don't know that it's a red flag. It's not a red flag if a guy is a gamer. But I can completely understand young women not wanting to spend a lot of time with a guy who just plays video games all the time. From what I've heard, women really don't like it. Yeah, there are girls who like video games or don't mind their boyfriend being into them. But I've heard that complaint many times, and I think it's valid. Like, I wouldn't want a girlfriend who all she does is play video games. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe that, that, now that I say it out loud, that might be cool. I just get it. Like, if a girl doesn't like gamers, I get it. But it's not really a red flag. It's once again just something you're not into. The next one, this is an interesting one. Doesn't have a bitmoji on Snap. I don't know what a bitmoji is, but I know that it's probably a form of emoji. I don't know what a bitmoji is. I don't know what a bitmoji is, but I know it's probably a form of emoji. It probably is, you know, it must be a mo it's emoji. 
What I know is it's emoji. Emoji. But that's a crazy one. Doesn't have a bitmoji on Snap. So there's some sort of thing called a bitmoji. I don't know how it differs from an emoji. But if you don't have one on Snapchat, it's a red flag to her. I'm going to look it up. I want to be I want to be very clear about what I'm talking about here. I wouldn't do this on my own time, but for for anybody who still listens to this shit, I want to make it clear what I'm talking about. Oh, it's it's kind of what I expected actually. It's like it's one of the I've seen a million of these. I didn't know that it was called a bitmoji, but it's like a little cartoony version of you. I hate them. I hate them. It, it's just like a little version of you in clothes. Like you, you stylize it to look like you. It, it, I'm surprised she didn't say it was a red flag to have one. So it's interesting that she thinks it's a red flag if your Snapchat account doesn't have a bitmoji. But it is a red flag if you use the wrong emojis. She says it's a red flag if you use the laughing while crying emoji or the sad face emoji. But if you don't have a bitmoji... It's also a red flag. So she's a bitmoji girl. This is what we call a bitmoji girl. Not an emoji girl, a bitmoji girl. It's a red flag if they say yo or sup. It's a lazy way to talk to a girl. I've never said either of those to a girl regularly. I've never said those, uh, I don't know if I've ever said those. I feel like maybe a, like in an established relationship, I've said sup as a joke, maybe. It's a lazy way to talk to a woman. Not a red flag, but a lazy way to talk to a woman. If you, if you message a woman and you say yo or sup, you know, give her a little more credit than that. Give her a little, you know... I talk differently to women, too, sometimes. Like, through text, I, I talk a little different. Like, I, I notice that I'm more likely to use exclamation points and, word, like, softer words when I talk to a, a woman through text. Even just a friend, not just a woman that I'm interested in. Even just a friend, I, I talk a little more softly and a little more carefully, I guess. Uh, yo or sup. Yeah, you know, it's not a red flag, but I, I think it's a lazy way to talk to a woman. It's a red flag if they call you a pet name in the first few messages. For example, hey, bae, babe, cutie, hun, or mama. Yeah, that's a red flag for sure. Yeah, that's not, there's no way for a man to talk unless he's already in an intimate relationship. And even then, he shouldn't be saying bae or cutie or hun or mama or babe. Not, yeah, no, I mean, that, that's a good red flag. If a, if a guy very quickly starts calling you by a pet name, I think that's a big red flag. And I think this is the real last one. I think that this is the real last page, which is uh, doesn't wash his face. She ended well. You know, she ended well. Like she laid her cards down with the pronouns thing. She was, she was showing certain cards, and then she just laid them flat down with that one. She went into some, like, esoteric technological snobbery. That's what I'd call eso- esoteric 
technological snobbery. The weird politics of Snapchat seems to be important to her. But she ended strong with doesn't wash his face. Doesn't wash his face. What does that entail, though? Is she talking about the shower? I only wash my face in the shower. I also, I do, I have this big stack of little hand towels that I, I do occasionally just wipe my face off with. Like if I've been working out and I'm not going to take a shower, I'll just wipe the sweat off my face or just wipe the dirt off my face. I don't do like separate face washings though. I've always found that weird when men do that. Like a guy who goes to the bathroom and only washes his face completely separate from the rest of the bathing process. I've always found that a little strange. I don't do that. So is she referring to guys who don't do that? Or is she saying guys who just never wash their faces, period? Because I think that's an issue. If you don't wash your face in the shower, what the fuck are you even doing in there? That's the best part. The best part of taking a shower is washing your face. So she's talking about just people who don't wash their face at all. I think that's a red flag. That's a weird and dirty person. If she's talking about guys who don't specifically wash their face on its own at random times, I wouldn't trust a guy who did that. So I don't know what she's referring to. And we're done. Two hours in. I I thought this was going to be a half-hour episode. I thought I was going to read the list and just make, like, one comment. I went deep on this girl's list. Hey, baby, I'm going deep on your list. Hey, bae, I'm going deep on your list. Don't even want to say that. She's probably not even a horrible person. Like, she makes herself... I mean, what's funny about this is her making that list and the things she chose for that list are a red flag unto itself about her. Like, what she said in there was a giant red flag about her. Like, a lot of her red flags were actually red flags about her. I wouldn't even be surprised if she's not a horrible person. I think because women have been forced into this position, and I think it's natural, but what's natural is also forced. But uh, nature has forced women into this position where either they or someone close to them has to really vet and analyze men. And because women are now doing this on their own digitally, they're dealing with men all day. Men are messaging them all day. They're trying to meet the right guy, and it's very difficult. It's a struggle. It's stressful. They're having to come up with, like, basic rules. And it's it might be based on patterns they notice. But in this case, she has some that are very valid, but she has many that just show that she believes that a man needs to kneel down before the new world order. And you can tell that any self-respecting man is going to hate his life if he lives under those rules. Not because he needs to break those rules, just that the fact that somebody would have those rules, that that would be their system. There's no win. There's no way to win there. And what's funny is that she's going to hear from a lot of guys who qualify for some of those red flags, but guess what they're going to do? They're going to hide it. They're going to lie because men will lie and hide about, they'll hide anything. I guarantee you there's a guy out there who would put his pronouns on his bio just for a chance with this girl. I don't know what she looks like, which is good. I'm glad I don't know what she looks like. But there's, there are guys who would 
try to cater to this girl and even go against what they believe or who they are just to cater to this girl because men do that. Men are chameleons. People are, but men specifically are, are chamele romantic chameleons who will lie. They will wear all kinds of skin. And not, not even necessarily to be manipulative, not just to get laid. Oh, dude, guys will say anything to get laid, dude. Dude, just get laid, dude. Gotta get laid. Now, guys, yeah, well, well guys who want to get laid will do anything for that, especially when there's no, uh, there's no commitment. Like a guy who just wants to sleep with a woman for one night, he, he'll stay and do anything. He'll pretend to be all kinds of things, and men do have done that. But there's, an, there's another sort of chameleon in men that just wants love. There's a chameleon in men that just wants love. There's a chameleon in men that just wants love. You know, there, there is, though. And, you know, I see this in people. Like, I was thinking about it, one of my best friends was telling me during summer 2020 about his childhood good friend. He was still, he's still friends with the guy. They grew up together. And he was telling me about that guy who I've never met, but he sounds like a cool guy. He sounds like a good guy that I'd get along with. But he has like a really hot girlfriend who definitely controls the relationship. And he called my friend because he was like, she wants me to go to a BLM protest. It was a ways in. It was like July or August, like the BLM protests and riots had been going on for months. And obviously they hadn't been to one. And the social pressure was probably getting to her beyond the principle of like supporting this cause because it's the right thing to do. We know that people are very susceptible to social pressure and women, you know, women want the social consensus to be in their favor. And, you know, I don't, I don't know these people, but I know how it works. I know how it works. And so my friend's friend called him and was just like, she wants me to go to a BLM protest. Like, I really don't want to go, but like, he wants to do it for the relationship. And he ultimately did. But you know what? When he gave into that, it turns out he gave into all this other stuff. Because next thing my friend knew, this guy was like super pro-vac. And he was giving my friend shit about not getting it. Like my friend never got it. And, and my friend's pretty apolitical. He's not a conservative. He's definitely not a liberal. He just wants to live his life and appreciate art. He just wants to live his life and appreciate art. And uh, it was interesting, though, because his friend was being pretty cool about all this stuff. You know, because this is a good friend of his, which is why he talked to me about it. And I always try to be tactful when mentioning these things on here. Not, I don't always succeed. But basically, his friend was like pretty cool about all the shit going on. Like he wasn't buying into the New World Order at all. And he was kind of venting to my friend about it. And then he called him and he was like, she wants me to go to a BLM protest. Like she really, she's like pressuring me to go and I don't want to go. And then she find the, he, he caved in and went. And then he just, from there for a while, he just bought in full on into the new world order. And he, uh, when he found out that my friend didn't get the vac, he was like giving him all this shit about it. He was really laying it on. Like he had bought into like all of the bullet points. And I think, I think they got around that. I think they, they made it through that. But it was still fascinating to me to hear about because it was like he was basically being a chameleon because he didn't want his girlfriend to be mad at him or break up with him or something. But in being that chameleon, he had to stick with it at that point.
And I think that's what a lot of guys would do. I think a girl like this, I mean, this is high maintenance. Like people talk about like blonde, rich girls, princesses. This is a princess, like a girl who has all these ultra specific rules, some of them very weird and so specific and nuanced. They're like, this is princess behavior. This is this is high maintenance. Like, even though this is a liberal girl and the whole idea is that like a feminist is not high maintenance, like a feminist is just like just wants to be treated like a human being. This is high maintenance shit. But because it's channeled through this political social lens, it's not like capital H, capital M high maintenance. But this is by its very definition, a high maintenance person. If you were to date this person, you would have to constantly consider the implications of every single thing you do politically, socially, personally. This girl is analyzing every little thing men do. She's analyzing the emojis they use the bitmoji they don't use, the settings they have on Snapchat, every little phrase they use. I do the same thing in my own way, but it's just sort of an internal system, and I'm very forgiving. There are some things that I, I can't deal with, but I'm very forgiving with a lot of that stuff. But this is high-maintenance, wild behavior, and this shows you like the sort of rules that are being developed like maybe maybe this is fake. But the thing is it doesn't sound fake. It this is what you see everywhere. It's like I was talking about last night. I was reading this article and I was like, "Wait, I have to check and see if this is like some sort of satire onion type site." Cuz I couldn't tell. And it wasn't. And that's what this is like. This is the world we're in now where it's like you see this and you're like, "Oh, maybe this is just satire." What I'm reading, this list that I'm reading of red flags in dating men, maybe this is satire about uh, dating today. This is what women will, this is the standard that women will hold you to. But no, I think this is, this is real as far as I can tell. And this is kind of a list of things like, like basically what this list is, is like, it's a few red flags that are actually universal for all human beings. The red flags that she includes, to me, are red flags for a woman, too, for dating women. But most of what this list is, is just her preferences. It's just things she likes and doesn't like. And a lot of them are clearly based on deeper resentments, like hating anybody who likes sports. And then the other component of it, about a third of it, is very clearly inspired by political allegiance and declarations of political allegiance. And... Because young women have become so politicized, which isn't to say politically active or politically aware, but politicized, recruited into this campaign, these campaigns and movements, because of that, that's now part of the rule book in dating. And I know this is real. This is the most extreme version I've seen. This is pretty over the top, this, just the number of things and the things she chose. But when my buddy in Portland was showing me Tinder... A buddy in Portland was on Tinder about a year or two ago, and he was showing me what was on it. He was showing me the women, and, and sure enough, it was like women with like a vaccine emoji superimposed on their picture to show that they're vacked, and then, they, and then their profile was just like a list of like 
only con like he showed me this girl that he had worked with. He randomly came across this girl he worked with. She had like a buzz cut and glasses. And her profile, like she had like a syringe indicating she was vacked over her photo. And then she just had a list and she was like, only message me if you believe in BLM, you know, uh, love is love. Like it was basically those lawn placards. Her profile was basically like, only message me if you believe trans people are people, BLM. It, it was like, she just, she, she wants to make sure that you're a political ally above all else. And uh, for, I saw the other profiles were like that too. Again, not this extreme, but it was, it was incredible to me that, to see that dating in Portland means seeing a lot of profiles of women just explicitly saying, not only should you be politically compatible with me, but you should actually, you know, be an adherent of these specific movements. And if you're not, don't even talk to me. So that's why I know this is real, because I see smaller versions of this. And that just shows you how deeply infected people are by it, how preoccupied people are with it. The fact that like, you know, I, I get why you would want to date somebody who has a similar worldview as you, but the fact that it's been, it's been put in these rule, in these rule books like this and things that are, are either very innocent or just indicate that someone's a different type of person are considered red flags. But isn't that the liberal world order in a nutshell? Isn't the liberal world order in a nutshell calling anything that disagrees with it a red flag of something far worse and more terrible? Like, that's kind of the entire logic. So, of course, that would apply to dating because the same principles apply everywhere. They make everything fit. Everything fits into that. I understand why women need to assess quality, and I don't fault them for it. I think it's better. I think it's a better world if women are the ones who have to vet men rather than men being the ones who vet women. There's a reason for that. There's a physical reason. Just the, the, the nature of men. It's better that women get a chance to be more careful about who they talk to or meet. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think the current way that we've set it up, the current systems, I think modern dating has turned it into hell. But in principle, I don't think it's a bad thing that women are the ones who make the choice. I've always enjoyed it when a woman decides to ask me out. I'm all about women making the first move for that matter. I think women are, are, it's, are, are better off making these decisions, having these choices than men are. So men who resent that just need to see the bigger picture. But uh, we can see that the current system for it and the rules that are being developed just don't work. And this is a nightmare that people are living in. This girl isn't going to be happy with anybody. This girl isn't going to be happy, period. She doesn't sound happy right now. And you can see where, where she doesn't even know what, what is worthy of inclusion on a list of red flags. And by putting these things on her list, she is lashing out. There's a lot of spite dripping. There's a lot of spite dripping from this list. So anyway, I just wanted to go through it. Turns out red flags are anything you don't like. <laughs> anything that just doesn't fit your taste is a red flag. 
But what I do like about it is like, I'm the same way. Like things that are red flags to me aren't real red flags. Like I notice like the smallest things. Like, like for me, it's like there's certain women's names that I really don't like. Like if I made this list, it would be like, if your name's Trisha, don't message me. That's a red flag. Not because I actually have any problem with Trisha's. I've just always associated that name with kind of a gross feeling, kind of a gross feeling. So it's like a personal red flag to me. Like it, like the name Trisha indicates I might not be into this person for some reason. Like she comes from a family that named her Trisha. Trisha. Which is that short for Patricia? I don't, I don't mind Patricia. I've never been a fan of Trish. Tri- hey, Trish. Hey, Trish. Hey, Trish. Hey, Trish. I've just never been a fan of the sound. It's phonetic. I'm very phonetically sensitive. Uh, so, you know, that might be on my red flag list, but I would never consider it an actual red flag. It would just be part of my internal process where I'd meet a girl and be like, she seems all right. What's your, what's your name? You seem all right. What's your name? Trish. My name's Trish. I'd be like, oh, oh, nice to meet you. I'll be, I'll be moving along. Nice to meet you, Trish. That's kind of how I would respond. It'd be like internal... I'd be like, ah, you know, I, I don't know that I could love a Trish. I love a Trish. I don't know that I could love a Trish. Um, but that's not a red flag. It's just kind of my preferences. But I think we're at a point where we don't even know. I think people don't even know what's a preference, what's a genuine red flag, what's just something you don't like or you do like. It's all been mixed together and we don't even know what we're doing. What it reminds me of is years ago, my friend Miles sent me a video of a cat on LSD. I think it was from like the 70s. And it was part of a science experiment. I hated it. I felt so bad for the cat because what it was doing, I'm sure it was all right afterward. I'd like to believe it was all right. But they, the scientists, because, you know, scientists, they're so altruistic and they want to save everybody. Scientists don't do anything weird or fucked up. It's amazing. They're like priests. They're so perfect and cool and smart and they use such good judgment. Oh, never mind. They, they gave a cat LSD just to see what it would do. And this video, the cat was like pouncing and like reaching out to like pot everything around it in a very paranoid way. Like its eyes were really big and it was just like, it was almost like every single thing probably around it was moving and it was trying to lunge at every single thing around it. So it was in this state of hyper awareness, hyper, um, just hyper, hyper, uh, hyper awareness. But there was like a, so much activity probably going on in that cat's mind and its surroundings, what it was seeing that it was acting like it, it, it was acting like the whole room was made out of moving bugs and it was trying to pounce on all of them. That's what I, that's what I visualize when I see this girl's list. Like this is like a cat just pouncing on everything, pawing at everything, just doesn't even know what's important and what's not and what's real and what's not. Cause a lot of what you see on this real, uh, on this list isn't even real. That's the amazing thing. This is a fantasy. This is a fantasy world that somebody lives in. And there's real stuff mixed in with it, but there's also a lot of fantasy. So she might as well be on LSD. The way that, the way that people get programmed today, especially in this, wor- this new world order that we're living in, they're in this just ultra paranoid state, but they're paranoid about 
things that are real and things that aren't real and a bunch of things in between, and they're just trying to pounce on everything. This land is mine God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a land where children 